What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 45 of Betting and Boozing here on the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Roscoe. Still a little bit under the weather, but we're pulling through it. And welcome in, everybody. Thank you guys so much for joining the show. I greatly appreciate all you people waiting. There's a lot of people waiting uh, this afternoon and, uh, of course, this evening. So thank you guys so much. We have a big show for you guys as we are covering Keeneland's closing day late pick five with two graded stakes, including the Fayette and the Bryan Station. It's going And a listed stake as well. It's going to be an absolutely great sequence to cover with a lot of different ways you can go. But of course, we're right in the middle of Breeders' Cup season, so we know where everyone's looking. But we're gamblers, guys. We got to look for something this weekend, and Keelan's the place. So again, guys, thank you guys so much for joining in to the show. As you guys see scrolling on the bottom of the screen, please subscribe. Go down below the video player on the bottom right-hand side of the screen right here and hit subscribe. We're nearing 3,000 subscribers. We've had a lot of new subscribers come over for Breeders' Cup season, so thank you guys so much for doing that. But of course, we're nearing that elusive 3k mark so please go down below and hit subscribe while you're down there please hit the like button that will push out this video into the youtube algorithm which will only allow more people to come in to view these hhh racing podcast shows which we would greatly appreciate also as you see scrolling on the bottom side of the screen which it just actually passed um our next show will be this sunday obviously this is not a wednesday show of betting and booze and this is a special thursday edition as howard and i switched places as they covered the breeders cup pre-entries and also yours truly was also on that show yesterday so please go check that out if you guys are interested we covered all 14 races which we kind of missed the disc staff so 13 out of 14 races of course there's going to be more coming up about that next week but um all the pre-entries all the horses we covered every single one so please go back and watch that you don't want to miss that show of course we're all interested on the breeders cup but this sunday at 7 30 p.m eastern the Breeders' Cup betting challenge contest show is going to be with three of the four previous BCBC champs with Howard, uh, Matt Miller, Drew Cotney, Marshall Graham, Frank Mastari, just absolutely top of the top contest players. And you guys will not want to, you guys will not want to miss that. If you guys are at all interested in how the Breeders' Cup betting challenge works or just contests in general, please go watch that show again Sunday at 7:30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the HHH Racing Podcast. YouTube channel. Also, it will be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor, but that is where you'll find every single show that gets uploaded to the HHH Racing Podcast channel on audio platforms. So again, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. And guys, the new Breeders' Cup Power Picks are still available for you guys to purchase. Only $20 for the entire weekend. That includes price plays. Every single Breeders' Cup race, we are doing a full write-up for Um all the betting and boozing guys, me, Charlie, Patrick, Noah, we all have one race. The rest of the guys are covering the rest of them. Um, but you guys are not going to want to miss out. Um, most are most are selling their packages for $50, $75, even $100 I've seen. And we're only charging $20. HHHRacingPodcast.com is where you find that. And at the very top, there's a banner that says, click here to view Bleeders Cup Power Picks. So please click on that and get our Power Picks for $20. You can buy them through paypal thank you guys so much for all of you i know that have done it already and of course we have normal power picks patreon.com slash hhh racing podcast including this week you get two tracks every single saturday full grids spot plays price plays anything that you need to be profitable on a normal weekend for horse racing you will want to get in on the hhh racing podcast power picks that's 15.99 a month that's only four dollars a weekend for two tracks 
fully covered. You guys, I don't, if you guys aren't subscribed yet, you guys are missing out. Patreon.com slash HHH Racing Podcast for that. But guys, we're not going to waste any more time. Patrick, uh, unfortunately, has a game. He is refereeing like Paul is, you know, bounce back and forth. But unfortunately, Patrick will not be here tonight. And Noah is actually having a little bit of tech issues. So hopefully we can get him on. But I, you know, what, what better guy to have when there's only one guy left from Ohio State University, band of brothers for the cheaters in the college football scene right now. Charlie Freeman, man, what's going on? Not much, you know, uh, definitely shocked. I mean, actually, I shouldn't say shocked or surprised. I expect nothing less. But, of course, we now know how Michigan uh, successfully won those games. There's just more and more information coming out about cheating. The only thing that hurts me about this whole thing is that there's no college football playoff or championships wins to take away because they can't win any. But, you know, maybe they'll get a postseason ban that will be useless because they don't win in the postseason anyway. But, yeah, not not surprised at all. But I'm doing well. Because that ain't going to be – and in this year, dude, I'm t- I, I shouldn't go on the record saying that. Uh, it's already been two schools. I would not be surprised if it's going to be more. That's that's what I'll say. I would not be surprised, but let's get some it just top- won't be us. It won't be us. That's well, all that matters. Yeah, right. Consider, yeah, well, we're already caught, so it's over for <laughs> us. But anyway, let's go to get some comments here. Katie, of course, is always here. What's up, Katie? Thanks so much for joining the show. Robbie Courtney is here. Thanks so much, man, for joining the show. Greatly appreciate it. Um, I saw you post that under my thing, Nathan Eovaldi, over five and a half strikeouts. The, dude, game one of the World Series, The world, this is not what I expected the World Series to be. I don't think it's what anyone expected the World Series to be. But when two teams get together like this that no one expected, it's going to be fun. So thanks, uh, main folks, for joining the show, man. Greatly appreciate it. And Smogington, I don't think I've seen your name before, my friend. Thanks so much for doing the show. Greatly appreciate you chatting. uh, Like I said, for the first time, I don't remember seeing your name. So thanks, man, so much for joining the show. And look who pops in. And I know those headphones. I I see them. What's up, Noah? Pull pull that away from your mouth a little bit, my friend. You freaking... Oh, shit. Ear, you know what's going to be. But what's going on, It's all good. What's up, guys? Dude, sounding good, sounding fresh. Those Astros, dude, I, I recognize, I feel like I recognize those anywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, we had a, we had a little bit of a audio problem here, but I, I was getting kind of worried that the audience wasn't getting any winners. So, oh yeah, luckily yeah, I figured it out pretty quickly and we're good to go. And well, that's, we know that's Kyle a good reason. Winners, they might have to be vacated. So I'm very happy oh, that we have you and me now so we can actually get <laughs> Dude, some legitimate Dude, you're cheating winners. too. Don't come at me. You're cheating no, too. Hey, there's nothing There's nothing yet. We're innocent oh, until proven guilty. You guys are guilty until proven guilty. And there there we go. That's guilty. what I'm talking about. That's, that's the Ohio State bias <laughs> right there. But guys, like I said, we're not going to waste too much time. We're going to get right into it here. Covering the late pick five at Keeneland on Saturday for their closing day with three stakes races, two of them graded. Shaping up to be a very nice card for them on Saturday for their last card of the year. Um, so it's the first race is the Bowman Mill Stakes. Again, this one's listed for 200,000 going six furlongs on the dirt. And it draws a field of nine. So not a full field of 12, as we normally say every race for Keeneland. But that this field of nine is very good. It's for two-year-olds. And as I bring up the Equibase right now, guys, I'm going to share the screen. Here. And if you guys are new, you guys are just joining in, please comment in the live chat if you guys have any opinions in these races as they've been out for a few uh, a few days now at this point. They've been out for three or four days. So please um, comment in the live chat if you guys have any opinions on these races. We will show every single comment that goes 
in the chat. But full field of nine, the morning light favorite is on the rail. The number one, Norman D. Hero for Alex Deschard and uh, Rudolph Brissett at five to two. Valentine Candy just next door for Ricardo Santana and Asmussen at three to one. And then the third choice is Royal Slipper for Joel Rosario and Wesley Ward at four to one. And I'm switching over the picks right now. And of course, Noah had a little bit of tech issues. So I'm going to be adding them in as we go along here. And just to make sure I have that right, we do putting up the picks now, guys. And you'll see two of us are going with Royal Slipper, the Wesley Ward, and Noah is going with the number two, Valentine Candy. So you know who we're going to first. Noah, you're up first to tell us why we're wrong. And again, why you're picking winners with the number two, Valentine Candy. Yeah, well, uh, to start us off, this race has a lot of speed. Um, there's speed up and down this whole page. Um, I went with who I think will probably be the fastest, uh, which is Valentine Candy. Um, one on the lead at Saratoga in the debut, uh, a little less than three to one, which uh, obviously isn't the easiest thing to do. Uh, and then Asmussen had enough courage uh, to put him in the hopeful where things didn't really go as well as he had hoped, uh, bumped at the start, and then comes back on uh, opening weekend going six um, and was bet a decent amount and was the fastest going out of the gate, actually dueled with a, a, a long shot that had absolutely no business being in the race. But um, the horse that he dueled with, you know, ended up running over by the in the back of the pack um, while the one kind of just sat right off the pace, got the perfect trip. Um, so I just think he kind of did all the dirty work last time. Um, I just, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of horses that are going to go to the lead. Maybe it's just one of those where whoever gets the lead is just going to take them wire to wire. Well, and as you see, I like this horse as well. I have him in second. Oh, and I pressed the wrong button. Sorry. Uh, Valentine candy. I have him in second. And I, th I agree with you completely. No, I thought being on the inside, doing all the dirty work um, and just losing by a length of Normandy hero, who was actually towards the lead in that race. We're not going to show the replay, but um, was towards the lead and then backed off into the pocket and just had a perfect rail trip, which is actually why I don't have the horse anywhere. And I don't like the rail again for the horse like this, but um, your point is taken. This is a lot of speed and Charlie, I'm interested to hear because you actually don't have Valentine candy anywhere. I'm interested to see, you know, this is, was it just the pace scenario why you didn't like this horse or what kind of went through your mind here? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I, I, I have this horse. We only give three. I would have had the horse fourth. I really think it's just going to come down to those first four horses. Honestly, I just, when I watched the replay, I kind of just saw it differently from you guys. I saw the two battling for the lead with a longer odd horse. I saw a horse that didn't have to work crazy hard for the lead and sure did the work, but it also looked like the one didn't necessarily want to sit a stalking trip but kind of just got trapped every which way and didn't have anywhere to go early on. So got forced into the rail and then got lucky that Valentine Candy kind of chose to, you know, go not wide, but, you know, like wide and up we enough on the turn to leave that yeah. rail, right, to leave that space. And then the one finally had daylight and went. Um, for me, I think it was two horses that battled well and put up a good figure, but I thought I kind of had knocks on both of them, which is why I have them both so low on my thing was I thought the two got to the lead and then just didn't have enough late, but still stuck in there. And I thought with the one, even though got the unfortunate trip early on, and I kind of also didn't just like the price at all at five to two either. And as you, as you mentioned, I think if the rail doesn't open up, the one could run into some trouble and is not fast enough to stay up with the two, three or four. Uh, so my main concern with the one and why I have the horse third is, um, 
just because I was kind of expecting, you know, once the rail did reopen, I was like, oh, so this horse is going to blow by. And then the horse went by, but then kind of just didn't have that big burst or kick as the other two horses that I have in front did. And though that's why those are my two favorites in the field. But I just thought Normandy Hero, I was really waiting on that replay for just that last kick to really get away from the two. Uh, so for me, neither of them were all that impressive. The figures obviously are compared to most of these horses, but it just wasn't eye-popping, and I don't like the short price. i rather, as you'll see kind of throughout most of this court card, went against the favorites. Um, and then, yeah, moving into uh, my actual picks. Uh, so Royal Slipper, I get it. It's the Wesley Ward horse. I'll take all the hate for just going with my guy again. Uh, for me, it was pretty simple. I, I like horses. I know, again, some I've learned through just handicapping more and more is how often horses in their second start take that next big step forward. And I liked what I saw for Royal Slipper. You know, had to start on the rail line debut, which normally is a disaster and didn't struggle with it at all. I uh, had a really nice quick jump. Did the three. I think the three and the four might be the two actually might end up being the two fastest or at least have the best quick step. Um and yeah, honestly, for me, I just like the, the late kick I saw, you know, never really was asked by Johnny V, just kind of got to the lead and then just naturally was able to kick away. I think that Royal Slipper has another step forward and I think has enough, you know, pace and ability to, to show that late kick again and handle the distance. Um, and then for the four, I think the four is the biggest wild card in this spot by far. Obviously, running a Prairie Meadows, you don't know what's going to happen. But for me, I saw a horse that shot out an absolute cannon got to the lead, didn't necessarily have to work hard for it, but also wasn't just given the lead, was just too quick for anyone else to do anything about it, and then just absolutely flew away without being asked at all. And I think getting Luis Saez is the dream jockey for Glenn Gary. I think if this horse has any chance to win in this race, needs the most objective, objective, uh, uh, aggressive jockey possible and a, a jockey that's just going to send it, I think Luis will do just that. I actually think the four is the fastest horse in this field, even though the time form says it's not the fastest, but right up there. I think the only question is, will the four be able to hang on the whole way but uh i love the value there and for me i think i'd rather look for the value on the three and the four than the one and the two who didn't really show much for me yeah and i i always have a problem i always have it's one of my downfalls to be honest and i watch these replays but like in the last race for glenn gary in the iowa cradle like i i get like 12 and three quarters 86 buyer but you i mean just look at it's iowa breads and against a field of six or seven None of them have come back to race since. And I mean, 57, 51, 48, 42, 3, 0. So I'm just, I like, I don't know. I would, this is one where I have to watch. I, if Glengarry takes a lot of money or if I just have to see one, and if Doug Anderson has this horse ready, I agree with you. I think Saez, um, one of the more aggressive riders in this jockey colony, is the perfect rider for Glengarry. I just don't know if he's going to say, if he's going to class up. Um, in a field like this at Keeneland in a, in a $200,000 stakes race. But if if he runs that 86 again, it's definitely good enough to beat in a field like this. But where he's going to face a lot more pace pressure than he has in the last two, there's there's going to be some question marks, and I'm going to look other ways. But again, if he's taking money, you're definitely going to have to take notice with Glenn Gary. I agree with you on Royal Slipper, Charlie. Uh, Ward, of course, always has his horses ready for Keeneland. This horse was lightning quick out of the gate last time out. And I'll just show the first few jumps out of the I'm gate sorry. here. And um, you can see, I believe the number um, number one is who you're looking at from the rail. And just, I mean, in the first eight, nine strides is already clear of the field. And granted, he might take some more pace pressure in this race. But if he's that quick out of the gate again, he might just be able to clear this field pretty quick and back down. And Uncle Mo, Arch Mayor, I, there's no different. There's no 
concerns with the six furlongs again. It's just a matter of will he take more pace pressure than he did last time. And it does look in the field this time, but it just comes down to the fact of if he's that quick out of the gate, he might just have enough speed to clear. And I, there's just not a whole lot of horses that can rate Noah. And you have the number one in second. The only reason I debated put throwing the horse in there was because he showed he could rate a little bit last time. And the number five Patriot Spirit rated a little bit in his main race at Colonial. But it's just really hard to find when every single horse wants to vie for the lead. You got to kind of pick one and run with it. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I kind of went with the five um, just because in the I thought in the colonial race, uh, the horse was very impressive and showed a little bit of an ability to, to sit off. You know, colonial maiden special weight on the dirt is really normally not the greatest field in the world. Um, but then in the Iroquois, uh, just blasted out of the gate, ran a first quarter that was comparable comparable to a lot of these horses when they were going, you know, six and seven furlongs. Um, but maybe on the cutback, you get Pratt. Pratt's, you know, smart enough not to get in a duel. Um, and he's going to be, you know, a little more outside than the what looks to be like the contending speed with the two, three, and four. Um, and maybe he could just, you know, sit a length and a half, two lengths off. Maybe these horses tire out and he gets in the money somehow. This was the one that I was actually debating putting in there between the number five and the number seven cows for that kind of stocky trip. That watching that colonial race, we can't watch it obviously with Churchill and DRF, but. Patriot Spirit, that maiden race was actually extremely impressive. They went really quick up front, and he just pulled away. Um, last time in the Iroquois, just absolutely ran out there to blistering fractions to 22-1 and one and 44-3, and three. and beating horse, getting beat by horses by, like, West Saratoga and Risk it is nothing, uh, is nothing to sneeze at. And, and the cutback, as you pointed out, Noah, this would be a this would be a boss angle for sure coming on the cutback here. Um, Patriot Spirit's definitely interesting, and I think you'll get a nice price at eight to, at eight to one at least. And Cows is the horse that I have in third. Full turf these last two times. I actually lost to Shards um, last time out, but the siblings get the money is a half to Cows, and you see he's only been running or she excuse me she's only been running on the dirt out west and she's been running lights out mid 70s buyers on the dirt and has won so the dirt the breeding is there for cows it's just a matter of can he rate and i mean the works are definitely there as well coming back after that last race and having one work before this race on a little bit of short rest but looks to sit the right trip for a race like this but i'm going three two seven charlie's going three four one and noah's going two one Five going to switch to the next race here first, but look at who's joining the chat when he should be talking to parents at parent teacher conferences. But joining from parent teacher, having a quick break in between appointments, have a great show, guys. Smash that like button, viewers. I completely agree. Howard, thanks so much, man, for joining the show. I want to see that like count get a little bit, a little bit higher before the end of the show. So, again, Howard, thanks so much for joining the show, man. Greatly appreciate it. Moving on to race number seven, guys. It is an allowance optional, 150,000 going seven furlongs on the dirt. And this draws a full a field of 10. And this field is one to look at for sure. Cattle River, Obesos, two older horses that used to be on the Derby Trail. Tragar is your morning line favorite at three to one, followed by the number six, Dr. Oscar, a Minnesota bred at nine to two, and then sharing 
the third choice is number four, Chasing Time for Asmussen, and the number one, the Indiana bred Fortin Hill. Guys, going to switch over the banners right now for race number seven. You'll see two of us are agreeing with, I agree, finally, with West Coast Bias himself on the number two, Traegar. I am going with the favorite, but Charlie is actually going with the number one, Fortin Hill. Noah, you actually have this horse in second. I don't have this horse anywhere, so I'm actually interested to hear what you guys like so much, but Charlie, I'll let you go first on the number one, Fortin Hill. Yeah, so I will say I'm a little disappointed. I was kind of hoping with my bias for closers and Tyler G that when I had Obezos in my top three, then no one else was going to have this <laughs> horse, but I know we'll touch on that later. Uh, yeah, for me, again, as I kind of touched on earlier, I'm I'm not in these earlier races on our card, super confident in the favorite, so I'm not going to take that crazy of a short, I guess it's not crazy, but you know what I mean? I don't want to take that short of a price uh, in a field that's this big and this wide open. And also, I'm not going to lie, I've, I've always been a little biased against uh, the the California horses. I just feel like they all love to go fast and love it in California. And then once they can't be running on their Cali tracks, it doesn't always translate well. It's been a strategy that's worked out for me. I will say, I think the two, certainly on paper with the figures and picking up Flavian Pratt looks the toughest. But again, for me, just I'm not sold. Need to see it proven somewhere not in Cali, and I'm not going to take three to one. Uh, but yeah, with Fort Hill, um, you know, it's tough. If you look a few back, uh, you know, the horse loved running at Kingland, ran at six and a half uh, in April and ran at 97, uh, the best buyer this horse had in a while. Um, picks up Johnny V, which for me is always a plus. Uh, I understand, you know, then went to the grade one in uh, Churchill and clearly, you know, after that career best effort, wasn't ready for it. So, you know, that happens. I, I respect the fact that the trainer was willing to take a chance and had that kind of faith. And then came back last time out and narrowly lost by half a length. I just think from a pace perspective, this could set up nice for Fort Hill. I think the one could tuck in nicely on the rail, um, you know, has early speed for sure to be in and around there, but I, but, you know, doesn't really look like a horse that wants to be on the actual lead, but sit, you know, maybe a couple lengths off. And again, I just think the pace will set up nicely. I think can get a nice trip. And if the rail can just open up, I think Fort and Hill can go right by love the value. And again, I just think you need a veteran jockey that can execute that trip. And Johnny V, if you're looking for a veteran, you don't find much more veteran and a jockey than him. So again, I just wanted to go against the favorite. And I think if this one could sit that stalking trip just behind the early leaders and the rail opens up, could go right by. Fortin Hill is one of those horses, Noah, that I've just never been th that big of a fan of. I mean, he hasn't won. Actually, he won in Indiana in 22, but hasn't won before that since 2020. I mean, he just always kind of seemed like that horse that took all the money, a money burner, as we would say, and just never really got the job done. I mean, won that optional claiming race, of course, at Keeneland last time out and then put in the Churchill Downs at Churchill Downs and ran behind Cody's wish, which is never um, a shortcoming by any means, but um, you have this horse second. I've just never been a fan of this horse, but maybe he's finally turning a corner at these shorter distances. Well, it just seems like every now and then he'll kind of run a really big one um, that just kind of puts himself, uh, kind of separates himself from the field. You know, he, he's run a 101. Uh, he's running 98, 97, 96. Um, and I agree with Everything Charlie said, you know, Johnny V hopping on just about as much experience as you can get in a horse. Um, and it looks like the horse really likes Keeneland. Um, yep. So, you know, six to one, whether or not you're going to get the 80 version or the 95 version of Fort Hill, uh, that's up to you to decide. Um, but I went with Traegar uh, for Pratt and Glatt, the old Cali connection. Yep. Um, Glatt did that. The uh, the same thing with Dr. Vankman, who came over and ran uh, in a stakes race, I believe. I don't remember what the name of the stakes race was, 
Um, but the one thing that he did do different is he got to work over the track, which is, I, I really like that a lot. Yep. Um, and the horse just, you know, seems to be getting better, uh, constantly progressing, ran a 94 last time, uh, beat a horse named Hopkins, uh, who came back and won. And it's a really nice horse down in California. Um, and the horse has had some time off. Um, so I just think the horse is, is you know, ready to fire off a big effort. Um, the Perryville stakes is the is the stakes race you're looking at. Ran behind Ray's Kane, and that was the race with Verifying. Verifying, yeah, yeah. Who was the uh, the fa- actually? You no, know, Dr. Venkman ended up being the favorite from the West Coast, mm-hmm. and he ran well. I I you took everything I wanted to say because he has a work over the track for Glad. Obviously, this is a little bit of a class up in that regard, but coming back to six furlongs or seven furlongs, excuse me, with this horse, I think. Hits him right between the eyes. It just looks to sit a really nice trip right in behind the speed. Can take the lead if necessary, but I think there is other speed to be able to take that from him. P- Pratt is on this horse, I think. I get you can always say about out in Cali, the numbers are higher, but that 94 looks very formidable. And if he can continue to improve, I think Traegar is the horse that has the most upside in a race like this where there's a lot of older horses that have kind of run their course and you know who they are. Traeger, I think, is the one horse in this race that could take a step forward. And this is realistically his first race at four. I knew he ran um, in January of 23, but that was the first race of, or that was the last race of his three-year-old campaign. Now coming four, they can take a step forward. And I think this could be a big spot for Traeger. And Mark Glad is very good off of over 180 day layoff. I'll go over it right now. First after we'll go 180 to let's say 270. So let's see. And if I apply the filter, he sees 19%, 11 for 59. So about right about where he normally is. But obviously we saw with Dr. Vinkman, he knows he ships good horses over here and that work over the track instills confidence in me that he'll take to the East coast track. So I'm with you on Traegar, and we all have the number nine. I was actually, um, this was kind of my sneaky underneath play, but you guys are right with me here. Charlie, I'll go back to you. You have the horse in third, the number nine, Obesos, for Greg Foley and Gaffleone picks up the mount again. Just seems like a horse that could be running late, and he's been farther behind before, but that last race at Ellis and the 100 optional Churchill is what's instilling confidence in, in this horse again for me. Yeah, I mean, look, I understand the first effort off the uh, off the lay- not big layoff, you know, just like a few months off wasn't unbelievable, but it wasn't a crazy step back for me to panic. Uh, obviously, for me, I think a big thing was just seeing Tyler get back on the saddle with how hot he's been lately. That obviously it signifies he still believes in Obezos. And honestly, I mean, if you just kind of look around the field, like the ten's going to want to go, the eight has to go, seven is going to want to be forwardly paced, the six has to go. Um, the two's going to want to go. The one's not going to go, but it'll be towards the front. I just feel like there's a lot of horses that are going to be going pretty fast in this field. Uh, and I just feel like the nine could pick up the pieces. I don't think Obezos, I think in, in Obezos' prime, sure, could win the race outright. Um, but I certainly think at this stage still has enough strong kick where if this pace is as hot as I believe it could be, uh, at the very least can be running in the money and at a price. And I especially, you know, kind of feel like if you feel strong on one of the, I guess the only shorter price really is the two. But, you know, if you feel strong about the two and you're looking for some value to throw underneath, I certainly think Obezos is a high candidate to consider. I agree with you. And I mean, no, I don't know how you feel about this as well, but 
this is this would be the running line horse of the day is what I is what we're going to start calling it now because just I mean Olymp just going back to last year I mean Olympiad prevalence surveillance elite power this was obviously the Breeders Cup sprint where he actually ran really well in its six furlongs uh, Hermes song Zozos who's going to be a three technique who's also drawn in to the Breeders Cup there's just coming back to seven furlongs here from a mile I think is really good for Obesos, and I think he's set up for a really big run in this race. Yeah, Charlie touched on a lot of what I had on Obezos. Um, maybe just a slight concern would be you don't really know if if he's as good sprinting as he was, uh, you know, going two turns. Um, but Foley ran him in the sprint, so he had a lot of confidence, and and he ran. He was only three and a half lengths behind Elite Power, so I mean, he he ran his Obezos off. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, like like Charlie said, there's quite a bit of speed in the race um, and second off. And with the cutback, the horse should be plenty fit. That means kisses, by the way. I don't know <laughs> if you know that, but I, was just trying to, I, know, I, I see the vision. Let him cook. I see the yeah. vision. <laughs> yeah, the, vi the vision's there. I'll, I'll Dr. Strange it next time. But Obesos, I think, definitely has a shot underneath. And we all do as we all have him in the mix. Um, Noah, you have Fortin Hill. I don't have him anywhere I have Dr. Oscar, and this is one of those horses, again, coming off short rest, but this looks to me easily the fastest horse in this race. There's not a two, there's not a whole lot of horses that are actually going to gun for the lead, I think. I mean, Tregar's fast, but I think he likes to have a target in front of him. Payne's going to be towards the back, chasing times towards the back. Surly Furious is a little bit fast, but definitely prefers a target. Dr. Oscar, as I mentioned, Pro-Occident would be the one to go, but I still think he also prefers a target in front of him. Top Gunner is going to be the one that's going to go out with him. But other than that, I mean, there's not too many dead speeds in this race, and I think Dr. Oscar could be very beneficial of something like that. And he has won. Um, he's won a lot in Canterbury, obviously being a Minnesota bred, both in state bred company and open company. Just, I just think this is complete pace play for me and could be one to stick around towards the end if it comes down to it. But I still think the number two, uh, Traegar, and the number nine, Obezos, we ones to best him, but could be one, like I said, to stick around for sure after that last race at Keeneland and the Phoenix against horses like Horse the Gold and Nakatomi and Bango that we see all the time in these stakes races in the Kentucky circuit. So, I'm definitely going to look to Dr. Oscar to, re to revert a little bit closer to the competition that he's suited for and hopefully can stay in the money. I'm going 296. Charlie's going 129. Noah's going 219. Guys, going to switch over to race number eight. And this is the start of the two, two graded stakes races here on the card. Grade three, Brian Station stakes going a mile on the tour for $300,000 and Guys, this is where we're going to start to talk about this because it's it, it's prevalent in both this race and the next race. There's a lot of horses that are in this race, or there's a few horses in this race and the next race that are also entered in the Breeders' Cup. And more than looks, who's the morning line favorite for this next race, is entered into the Breeders' Cup mile and is just outside. I believe, I believe he's first one off the sheet, so could easily get in to the Breeders' Cup. Obviously, that decision will be made before Saturday. And if you see more than look scratch, you'll know why. But I don't know about you guys. I'm going to switch over the picks right now. And we all agree, more than looks, guys. And I know Howard thinks very highly 
of more than looks just very, very formidable in a race like this, especially a race that looks like it has a lot of pace. Noah, I'll go to you first. What'd you like most about more than looks? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this race. Um, More than looks was just so, so impressive last time, you know, kicking away and, and popping that 101 at Churchill. Um, And then, like you said, uh, could very well get in, uh, into that Breeders' Cup race. Um, but there isn't really much to say. I mean, you know, finished third to Carl Spackler. Um, honestly, I, I just thought it was either the nine or the one in this race and, you know, kind of move on. I mean, as you can see, we all think that way. More than looks, Charlie, I will let you touch on anything you want, but then I'll let you talk about the one. More than looks is just supremely, I think, like I said, trip-wise, buyer-wise, just everything kind of points to this horse running a big one here. If he more does than go looks in this is, race. He, he's unbelievable. I mean, for me, I, I'll, I'll go out and say more than looks is one of the best horses in the world. I, I could not believe mm. what I saw la- what I what I saw last time out. When I when I saw that race last time, I was stunned. I mean, look, this horse has been running against tough horses, you know, ran against Turf King way back. Shout out to that horse being on our show. Carl Spackler, who I know you love, Kyle, and you know, ran a solid effort, but was just too far back. Uh, you know, beat Talk of the Nation, who's a very talented horse as well, which, again, we'll touch on. We all have underneath. When I saw that race last time, I, I personally had more than looks. And I'll be honest, I, was, I wasn't I was feeling too hot. You know, it was way back, which, I mean, I get, but a little too far back from my liking. I normally like more than looks to be closer to like six, seven lengths off the lead. Eleven was a bit like, okay, we're going to have to see if this horse is free. It comes around the turn, and you're like, all right, I think this horse could get there, might get there, and then get out of nowhere, just starts flying with one of the best late kicks I've personally ever watched live and was just like, oh, I was just having fun. I just didn't want to win by 20 and embarrass everybody else. I just wanted to keep you on your edge and make sure you actually chose to watch the whole race. So I, the, the buyer figure, you know, sometimes we talk about it when you see like that big jump up, how real is it? I think that 101 is every bit of that 101. That was an unbelievable effort. I think more than looks – look, Talk of the Nation is a great horse, and we'll touch on this horse, but if more than looks stays in this field, I think it's going to be a comfortable romp in this horse. Nothing against this other field. There's some talented horses, but more than looks unbelievable and deserves to be in a better race. It's just a very, very good improving three-year-old. And I know Howard actually really likes this horse. He gave it out a little bit, a little tidbit yesterday on the pre-entry show. He's extremely interested if more than looks goes and gets into the Breeders' Cup. But obviously that will be soon to be seen. But talk of the nation. I mean, this is a horse I've touted for a long time. Also, I wanted to point out before he left more than looks, but I forgot the Betten and Booze and Legend Hall of Fame stakes as we covered that race two or three <laughs> times on the damn show because they kept moving it due to the rain at Saratoga. But anyway, talk of the nation. Uh, Noah is just extremely talented, as you pointed out. It's kind of 9-1 and move on for me as well. I agree with you. Just all the tactical speed in the world and can definitely work out whatever trip he wants in this race. Yeah, just another, you know, really good horse, um, improving, um, just uh, trip-wise, talk of the nation, you know, might be able to get the jump on um, more than looks. Um, and you get Jose Ortiz, who really hasn't gone to Keeneland only a yep. couple of days, only, you know, eight mounts, um, but he's been on live horses. You know, he's won two of those and five, of, five out of eight of the money. Um, but overall, I just, you know, think more than looks is, you know, the horse um i've got most dash in third um just because i think uh i really like to switch back to luis saez um the horse has had you know success on the lead with saez you know saez is one of the more aggressive guys in the country um uh you know a horse i can 
get back to those 90 and 91s that the horse has run before. Uh, and the horse uh, looks to like Keeneland too. Um, but on the win end, it's either nine or one. Yeah, it's just just mustache for me and a lot of these other ones. Smoky Mandate is an improving three-year-old. But again, with a race that looks to be very high on the speed favoring front, or there's a lot of speed in this race is what I'm trying to say. Um, I don't want anyone like Smoky Mandate. Dude in Colorado is another one for Pletcher. Picks up Pratt. But um, 87 is just a cup below in this type of field. Higante is another one who ran a very nice um, in the fake secretariat at Colonial Downs this past uh, summer. Runaway Storm is another one that likes to go to the lead. Worthington's not slow by any means. Santorini's not slow, although I think a cup below this field. And Appraised is not slow either by any means on the front end. So just looks to be just a lot of early speed, which only sets up more for more than looks. I have Higante in second, as that's just another one I think. Running this secretary again can pick up the pieces. Maybe not, maybe get a little bit of a jump on more than looks, but then just get passed down the stretch. But Higante could run a nice second or third. I wouldn't be surprised at all with Joel aboard. And uh, Charlie, you have Smoky Mandate. Just real quick, anything you want to touch on before we move on? Yeah, so I mean, when it comes to talk of the nation, obviously I agree. I don't, I don't think it's a two horse race, but I think if you set tiers, I think talk of the nation is on on its own in the second tier. I think certainly if more than looks were to scratch out of this race, talk of the nation will be the heavy favorite, rightfully so. I just think talk of the nation's an ultra talented horse that unfortunately might run into more than looks again. Uh, and then I think Smoky Mandate is the one horse you guys are really overlooking. I think Smoky Mandate is very dangerous in this spot. Love Michael Maker, like that he gets James Graham. Uh, working forwardly. And I just think, again, we're talking about a, a three-year-old that's massively improving. You know, you see those 280s and then jumps up to two low 90s. And, you know, I know we normally talk about how it has to be two exact back-to-back career best, but I'd say 92 and 94 is close enough to still count and is doing a repeat performance. So I think Smoky Mandate is primed for another massive step forward. I like the, I like the setup in this field and distance. I know the horse likes to be towards the front, but I think Smoky Mandate could set a stalking trip and could be the first of the three in my eye real contenders to get the jump. Unfortunately, I don't think there's enough like kick to hold off more than looks, but I certainly think if you're looking to knock out chalk chalk and find some value, I really like Smoky Mandate in this spot. Um, I think Smoky Mandate could certainly surprise if you're just assuming it has to be those two. I think that's the one horse that could cause some damage in this field. It's the other one that has shown that can run at a target before, although he does run his best race, either pressing or right on the lead. So, Smoking Mandate will be one to keep an eye on for sure. And hopefully if Smoking Mandate can get the win, James Graham will get out of that donut zone for the Keeneland beat. But I'm going 9-1-2. Charlie's going 9-1-4. Noah's going 9-1-5. I agree with you guys. There's just not too much else I think we need to talk about in that race. Race number nine is the feature. This race. Oh, my closing, God. On the closing <laughs> day card. And, yeah, this one is a doozy. For a and, Charlie, I wanted to actually say this to you live because – now I got to make you scramble. Um, there's a full field of 12 with two also eligibles in this race. I believe the number 13 gasoline will get in in this race if he's ready to go. Um, the number one film star for Linda Rice, Jose Ortiz. I'm going to put this on screen. For this one. The number one film star um, was cross entered into a race at back at, uh, at Aqueduct on Saturday as well. And per no. Linda Rice. Linda Rice is taking him back to Aqueduct. So oh, my top pick. Um, <laughs> it was his top pick. And I was going to tell him, like, because he got in, like, 30 seconds right before. Oh, and I, I love that post at that value. Here. No. It's, oh, it's my God. looking to be a good one. But Filmstar, unfortunately, is out of this race. And as I switch back to the Equibase now, the Morning Line favorite 
at a pretty cool nine to two is the number 10 trademark for Martin Garcia and Victoria Oliver. Second choice is the number nine O'Connor for Gaffleon and Safi Joseph. And then the third choice was shared between Il, Il Maricolo and film star, who of course is out of this race now. So Charlie, please let me know who you want to change it to. And I will gladly change it, but you'll see our picks are on the screen right there. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be bold. I'll, I'll start it off. I'll, you know, we're going to, I'll let everybody be surprised here. I don't, I, they don't even know who I'm picking because I just made it up in my head in the last five seconds. I'm going to go with the number seven on top. Okay. So seven, 11, and then who else do you want? Uh, oh boy. I didn't think that part there. You know, let's throw the 12 down there. I like, I like Cox with uh, Flag okay. and Pratt together. We'll put them together. All right. So, so you have number seven, Irma who has also entered into the Breeders' Cup, is another oh, come one on. that we need to keep our eye on. But <laughs> again, on. I think definitely this this one for Irma this field definitely stands a really nice chance to get something done with Luis Saez aboard. Yeah, and you know, I'm seeing in the chat that's exact my thought too. That's why I'm ended up putting this horse on top and had the horse originally in 30. No, shout out to Antonio Sano, very underrated trainer. I think kind of goes under the radar. He does unreal at Gulfstream. He's really kind of the one that goes out with guy. the clutchers of the world. Certainly a Florida guy. So for me, that speaks volumes to bring this horse here. And yeah, picking up Luis Saez kind of back out of nowhere. And you look, you know, kind of like the angle Noah touched on earlier with Mostash. This horse runs its best efforts with. Uh, Louis size. I think it's because we've kind of touched on this now three or four times. Louis size is the most aggressive jockey. Um, and I don't mean like banging into people like I read, but that's a whole nother story. I mean, aggressive is <laughs> like, if you need a jockey, to we're just bending boozy. You're taking that. a shot for every time yeah. we've said that you'd be, you're, you're doing pretty good right now, but anyway, keep going. Uh, but yeah, if you're just, if you're trying to just get that, you know, aggressive, strong trip with a jockey who has zero hesitation, you know, not like not, not thinking of overthinking it. Like Joel is just going to go. That's Louis size for you. So I don't think you can get a better jockey for this horse has certainly run. I mean, you look at the gauntlet. You've talked about this earlier. Like, ran against Archangelo, Forte, uh, the greatest horse of all time, and Mage, Rocket Can. So, I mean, you want to talk about a horse that's been run. I mean, I guess other than not running against me and Mr. C, this horse has gone through the gauntlet, blazing sevens. So, you know, certainly has faced a bunch of tough horses. Not that this is an easy field. We touched on how wide open it is. But certainly an easier field. Um, I think this horse is very versatile, can kind of go anywhere. And, you know, for six to one, I know a lot of horses have value here. But, I already was thinking about maybe putting the seven over the one, but I think the seven is uh, Elmar Osalio. I can't pronounce the name. is very difficult to beat in this spot. Nina, Nina, me and Mr. Seed betting and boozing shirt, I think is what we need <laughs> at this hey, point. Hey, the fans but, would buy it. The fans would buy it. I know no one would get one with me. But, no, oh, yeah. you have – you yeah. <laughs> you have him in second. I have him in third. Just I think this spot really suits him, especially which the for the trip I think he's going to get. Yeah, Charlie – touched on uh, a lot of it um just a horse that you know has been been facing uh some of the best in the of the best you know at, at you then you can at three years old um and then i i kind of go back to the the smarty jones uh i watched that race he was he was unbelievable I, yeah. nobody was touching him in that race um he just Which ran, of course is the um the prep for the pennsylvania for the, derby where yeah i mean he ran behind saudi crown who's going to be you know, a, a decent price in the classics. So, I mean, there's nothing, no shame in that either. Yeah. Anytime you're within, you know, five, six lengths of a, of a serious breeders cup horse, uh, you know, you've got something. Um, but I, on top, I went with the 10. Um, I'm really not proud of it. It's just kind of a default, you know, some of the, some of the other horses that were lower priced, like Charlie's one um, and Kyle's eight, you know, I, I just had some question marks. Um, so I kind of mm -hmm. just defaulted to the 10, um, in this race, it seems like there's 
quite a bit of speed um, and trademark is a horse that I feel like is, um, you know, a lot better with a target. Uh, I go back to that Lucas classic um, at Churchill um, and, you know, was sitting right off the pace um, and just got absolutely nailed by Clapton, yeah. who's another Breeders' Cup horse, and then finished uh, just in front of Blue Devil, who actually won a couple races at Saratoga during the summer meet. So, uh, you know, a, a good horse in his own right. Um, but again, just, you know, a horse that I didn't really, you know, have a strong opinion, just wanted to go with a horse, you know, that was consistent um, and that can be maybe get the job done. Well, I think trademark is uh, and shout out my dad. Cause you did talk about Clapton nailing a trademark on the wire. Uh, he called me immediately after that race. Cause apparently he's betting pick threes by himself on a Saturday. And he called me he's like, I need it Clapton. Hell yeah. And he's like yeah, anything like that. So shout out to my dad. And also again, uh, I, this was a horse I actually picked live um, at Indiana that day in the Schaefer Memorial stakes. Um, where he beat five-star general in mask parade that day. And I mean, he's extremely impressive, makes his own trips, very tactical horse. And from the 10 hole, I think you need to be, especially at Keeneland on this run up. So I think trademark is definitely one to be considered and looks to be only getting better at the end of his four-year-old season. So trademark's definitely one to keep in mind as I have him in second. I'm going with, I'm going with the most, um, seasoned one of the group, I think, and the number eight law professor guys. And I, I, I actually really like this horse in this spot. I think he's another one who's very tactical and he had that Pimlico special where he ran behind rail and roll went a little bit longer. I think it might've just been a little too long for him and against very nice horses. Speed Vice was in that race, but I think speed Vice has kind of been on the down slope since then. I just think law professor is very, has been very consistent his whole career Ran a really nice race in the Woodward behind Zandon and Filmstar. Filmstar, of course, not in this race anymore. And Zandon finally winning a race in the Woodward, now going to the Breeders' Cup Classic, of course. So I just think Law Professor really sets up for a really good run in this spot. Atris brings him back over here. Florent Giroux is aboard for the first time, actually, which I don't mind. I mean, when you get to this kind of level, guys, there's I don't pay too much attention to jockey gymnastics. And, of course, Manny Franco is going to be – in New York, most likely. So there's, he's not going to be at Keeneland for this one race. But Law Professor is a horse I'm very keen on and could really sit a nice trip in a spot like this behind speed. I just think it's when you're shipping a horse like Law Professor around, I think this is a little bit of a softer spot than he's been in in previous races and definitely could get the job done again, finally, like those listed stakes he ran in at aqueduct so law professor at eight to one if it's just a very nice price is one i'm definitely going to be keying in on on saturday so hey um, kyle is there a is there a way that you can bring up um actress stats when he ships to kentucky because i personally yeah. am a little bit interested in that yeah let's take a look so just what so i'll do see. so i'll go shippers uh domestic shippers and then we'll go track and then we'll use today's uh circuit of kentucky so let's see so he's actually only one for 10. And the okay. one win he has, um, that's the one win. He actually, it's actually a little bit longer ago. So he hasn't won in the past three years, which is actually a very yeah. good point that you bring up, Noah. But he brought in Law Professor to Keeneland. Of course, that was for the Breeders' Cup Dirt Miles. So shaping Law Professor back to Keeneland in a, in a race that's not so stout as the Breeders' Cup would be one where I'm taking a look at, but no, that's definitely something I didn't take a look at. No, and thank you for bringing that up to, 
basically shut me down. I agree. I appreciate that. But <laughs> the term is poo poo. Yeah, you poo poo <laughs> me. Absolutely. Yes. Does the boss would say. But Happy American is one that you have. And then Charlie, let you touch on your two real quick and move on. But real quick, anything against the deep closing Happy American? <laughs> yeah, deep closing is right. Um, just a, a horse that's going to be, you know, coming from the clouds uh, with a race that I, I see a decent amount of speed. Um, so I'm going to take a shot um, in the Lucas classic. The horse was 20, 21 lengths back. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what kind of chance do you have when you're, you know, that far back, you're basically running on a different track at that point. Um, it's, but, you know, close yeah. to get within eight and three quarters, which is really not that bad. Um, that's 12 but, lengths. Uh, if you can check it all. <laughs> That's pretty good math for our, our math teachers out there. Um, yeah, I wonder who that is. Yeah, but, you know, just a horse that's going to need some pace, and, you know, maybe he'll get it. Sorry, cough attack. But, I mean, yeah, he needs the pace, of course, and he does. He can't be that far back this time, of um, of course. But Happy American is definitely one. And I've, um, Tony Rollo, managing partner of Crownsway Racing, knows – happy american very well and he really likes this horse if he runs that 99 again he ran into stephen foster only two lengths behind west willpower and rail and roll that could definitely be good enough to win a race like this although i'm not sure there's enough speed in a race like this for him but charlie you have the number 11 and the number 12 and second and third respectively the number 11 dash attack for mcpeak and velasquez the number 12 best actor both looking to go out from the lead from outside posts yeah, so I mean, look, with Happy American, as much as I love closers, I feel like un- unless Happy American can show he doesn't want to start in race 10 and wants to start in race 9, going to need a little more. But again, I'm never going to talk someone off a deep closer or a long shot. Uh, yeah, but I have a few other long shots I want to touch on real quick, and then I'll talk about my two. Uh, horse has hurt me before, but speed bias, I just think kind of complete opposite of Happy American. I just feel like the horse is going to send a million miles an hour and could get lucky to sneak into top three at 20 to 1. Uh, if the horse can run back to one of those efforts, that's a long shot I'd watch out for. And then the horse that would enter in uh, gasoline, that's the other long shot I would watch out for, was the one who actually was able to uh, get by uh, uh, speed bias earlier. So, uh, and you know, whenever you get a pleasure horse, certainly one to watch out for. Uh, so that's the two long shots. But then, yeah, so for 11 and 12, uh, you know, with Dash Attack, picks up Johnny V, which I always like, has run absolute bullet workouts. I mean, 48 and 2, a minute flat, 46 and 4, which is just like unheard of. I don't know the last time I've seen a horse with a 46 and a 4 furlong and then a minute flat. So this horse certainly wants to show, <laughs> certainly wants to show pace. Um, yeah, I like the fact that despite how much pace this horse wants to show, was able to go at uh, Churchill Downs, go a mile on a 16th and you know, win and go winning away. Uh, certainly, I think a horse, you know, ran against O'Connor's in this field, which I'm a little surprised that none of us had given the odds. Uh, I don't know how boss man would feel about that. Uh, that's but yeah, that's the that's, uh, that's the formidable Howard and I's <laughs> give out at um, in the um, uh, what was that? The Pegasus World Cup invite and you <laughs> lost by 20 and three quarters. He ran absolutely. <laughs> Wait, it's all right. He just never got going. He never got yeah, going. He, yeah, he still he might still be running to this. <laughs> he was day, still but. he was still getting going. But um, yeah, so that was my angle with Dash Tech. I mean, ran a really nice effort last time out. Uh, a one on one certainly and any effort like that could fit. And I love the value at eight to one. So to play uh, in a race that I would spread in. And then same with Best Actor. You know, again, another horse that wants to be towards the front and, you know, showed the ability. Again, I'm normally against speed, but if you're able to get on the front and run away, you got to pay attention to it. You know, ran that career best effort with Flavian and gets Flavian again with Brad Cox. Again, it's just another one of those where, look, if you're getting those kind of connections, I don't think you'll get those odds, but certainly another horse 
uh, worth those worth those kind of odds in a wide open field. I would certainly think those are two horses to the outside where if they can work out the right trip are worth the value. Yeah, and the only thing, because I, I am a big fan of Best Actor, and I had him last time, just if you can believe that I had a favorite last time. Um, <laughs> it just, to, I don't like the post. I don't like the post for Agreed. either of these horses. Agreed. And the fact that there's a lot of speed to their inside as well, I don't. I just don't know if they're going to be caught out four or five wide or they're going to be forced to take back in a place that these, neither of these horses really want to be in, um, just from a tactical standpoint. So I didn't choose either of them. That last run for Dash Attack in the Churchill Downs race was very good, beat a lot of other horses in this race as well. It's just I just don't know about those posts for either of those horses, but if they can get into a very nice position from those outside draws, they could definitely be formidable. But we're going to move on, guys, as we're getting near in that hour mark. I'm going 8, 10, 7. Charlie's going 7, 11, 12. Noah's going 10, 7, 2. Guys, switching over to the last race on the card here as I switch over to the Equibase. This is a main special weight, 100,000, going a mile and 16th on the turf for two-year-olds. And this draws... For the last race of the fall meet, it, of course, why wouldn't it be a full field of 12 with four AEs, including one MTO? Morning line favorite is number eight, Act of Mutiny for, Platt, for Pratt and Suge McGahee. Second choice is number 11, Vivaldi for Gaffleone and Brown. And third choice is number five, Deadpan for Flan Giroux and Mark Cassie. Going to switch over our banners now for the last race as I put us back on screen. And you'll see two of us are going with the number eight act of mutiny. But Noah doesn't have the number eight anywhere and is going with the Chad Brown on the outside, who Charlie and I both have underneath Vivaldi for Gaffleone and Brown. Yeah, I'm going with the Chad Brown, but I think you typed in the I've got 11, 8, 12 in this race. Did I, did I fucked that up? Yeah, I did fuck that up. <laughs> Unlucky. All right, I, any, yeah, any, originally oh. I was. In between the eight and eleven for uh, on the win end, um, but the thing that kind of tipped me with the eleven was uh, the fact that you know debuting at Kentucky Downs, uh, you know with the second start and Chad Brown and Tyler Gaffleon, the horse should improve. Um, and it looked like that race was pretty decent. Um, the uh, second and third place finishers came back to win. Uh, and then the thing that yep. kind of tipped me over the edge was uh, you see the eight. Uh, was favored last time, but the eight was running on the inside, which was a good part of the track uh, versus the 11, who was, you know, the widest in the stretch uh, trying to close into that, uh, into that field. Um, so that was, you know, the eights, obviously a good horse. I, I kind of think it's eight, 11 here. Um, the eight, you know, going six and a half at Kentucky downs and was favored in that race. Uh, Palm tree and committee of one. Uh, I believe they ran in the, was it the Indian summer or you would be right. Yeah. Committee and of one. Committee of one, won the Indian summer. Yeah, you did. And um, behind in front of a horse that we all know and love, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I'll let you guys talk about the eight. Um, but I thought it was either the eight or the 11. I mean, trust me, the 11's a very nice horse and had a good run last time. As you said, was basically in the parking lot on this, on the last turn made up some good ground. But I just, again, this is another one. I don't like the post on the outside, although it is outside for two-year-olds, which I do like. Um, just the next buyer figures, guys, two of them came back, but two of them have come back. Three of horses have come back to win, but the top horse actually ran in the bourbon and held the lead for most of the race and just lost 
by two and three quarters, the absolute bomb that was can group in that race. Um, definitely could be one to look out for. And obviously I have the horse in third, just the post is going to be the concern for me. And maybe, um, this horse could want even a little bit longer as we Kentucky downs that mile plays more to a mile and an eighth. And it still came running, running very late in that race, but definitely one to keep an eye out for. Obviously Brown is always dangerous and that horse has always been training in Kentucky. So never went out to New York for a shad, always stayed in Kentucky, which is something I like, but Charlie, you have the number eight active mutiny and I'll show why I like this horse um, mostly, but what'd you like most about active mutiny? Yeah. So for starters, I kind of agree with Noah. I got down to the eight and the 11 and it was pretty simple for me, which you kind of already explained for me, Kyle. Basically the concern was, can the 11 obviously has to have a better trip can't be in the parking lot there is no race 11 for the horse to wait for uh the gate worried me a little bit again as you touched on with keen uh, with uh kentucky downs already playing longer the horse might just need to go further uh but i have to take active mutiny as soon as i saw the horse i was like why do i recognize this name and then i remembered when this horse ran on debut on saratoga i was covering the power picks and i wanted to go with a value pick because everybody was all over risking and hump ball so but, uh, was working very forwardly looked like a horse that was ready to make a big impact and you know didn't run absolutely awful but didn't run terrible but i just feel like for me with act mutiny look the competition it's just not even close risk it and Huntball are two terrific horses that i think are going to have great careers that act mutiny ran against and as we touched on you know palm tree very solid horse and committee of one just ran a very nice effort last time out so has just been running against as you kind of showed with the 11 in comparison has been running against much stronger horses that are showing forward efforts and i feel like love picking up flavian pratt and i feel like I don't want to say it's a must win way too early in the horse's career, but I feel like when you look at the other horses, when you look at the competition this horse has faced, and also the fact that the horse just did not get going at all last time out, and I think with a better start, consider a nice stalking trip and blow right by this field, I just feel like this race is begging active mutiny to just go show that, I mean, I don't know if the horse will be three to one, probably shouldn't be, but I think this horse should prove that active mutiny should be closer to one to one, four to five, it should dominate this race. I that's that's tough. I'll be for bold. Sure. I, I you you are the king of that. That's for sure. But <laughs> I think three to one, five to two is a fair price for Active Mutiny. Just being off of, I mean, Kentucky Downs race with a massive pace where he came running from way behind. Um, but Seagull, this damn guys, was a very nice horse in her own right. But you could see this. Um, you could see the dirt routes. She's forty percent. 50% on wet dirt, uh, only had four races on turf, but was a turf horse in her own right, so the breeding is there. Catalina Cruiser, if that reminds you of anyone, uh, Noah, West Coast guy. I mm-hmm. uh, was a very good horse for John Sadler on the West Coast, winning the San Diego, the True North, the Pat O'Brien uh, twice, and the San Diego twice as well. Uh, Royal Flag, who was a great horse for Chad Brown, um, won the was third in the personal ensign, won the Shoe V, second in the Double Dog Dare. Um, the pretty recent good horse and was fifth in the distaff behind uh, the J- Japanese wonder Marsh Lorraine at a thousand to one that day. And then Eagle as well, who's another great horse for uh, Neil Howard, who um, won the Ben Ali at Keeneland. So there's just a lot of different breeding here um, to go on. And of course, the turf breeding is there, although her best I know her best um progeny have run on dirt but that last race that 68 really instills confidence in me and of course suge knows this horse best puts this horse back on turf after the kentucky downs race picks up pratt who arguably is the best turf rider in the country right now i'm very interested in playing active mutiny on saturday 
And we'll just go really quick here, guys, as we go through. I have the number six, Domingo, in second. 12 to one morning line for Brendan Walsh and Thundering Amelia, another very nice turf horse for Mike Matz or early in 2012, 2011 area. Um, turf route, she is only two for 17, but has a 91 buyer. Helium is one to point out, was second in the Schaefer Memorial at Indiana. But Mighty Scarlet is the horse I'm looking towards. Um, very nice turf horse, was never really could get the job done, only two for 14, but was fifth in the Belmont Oaks, third in the Wonder again, and just was always running her good mid, mid 80s, low 90s buyer in these turf routes, who was a very nice turf router for Chad Brown. So there's just a lot of good things I'm pointing towards Domingo working forwardly at Turfway Park. And Brendan Walsh is not always the best first time out, but he gets these runners ready to go for Keeneland has been hot always as of late picks up Declan Cannon, who they are 24% in the last year alone together. So Domingo could be one to take a big step out first time out. Of course, watch the board as we all have these positions with these first time starters, you guys both have the number 12 Mo Caliente and third, who I think it would be the obvious choice also to put underneath in a race like this. Noah, I'll let you touch on first and then Charlie, I'll let you bring up the rear. You can just go right at one right after another, but Noah Mo Caliente, who you have in third. Yeah. Not really much needed to say here. Um, started on, uh, on the turf going five and a half lost to committee of one and double your money who, uh, we've seen in other form lines, uh, so you can, you know, when that happens, you can kind of compare. Um, and then next time, stretched out at Churchill, lost to a horse in Gorilla Tech, um, who came back and didn't, uh, she, or yeah, he didn't run super well in the Bourbon. Um, but you always have to respect horses that go there. Um, and I thought he had a lot of trouble as well. Yeah, in yeah. That race, but... And I think whoever was doing our power picks really liked him that day. Um, so it was kind of a, a shame for us and the viewers. Um, uh, but, uh, I'll, I'll try too much shit guys talking too much shit on the power picks. I'll, uh, not to mention a positive ROI, but that's yeah, seriously. Um, I'll try and redeem myself here in saying that hopefully this time this horse is Mo Caliente. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Charlie, bring up the rear man before we talk about best bets. Anything more you want to touch on before we move on? No, all I was honestly going to say about Mo Caliente was I just liked the horse on the stretch out once again, I think that that's just what Mo Caliente needs. I think the obviously running five and a half was just way too short. So I think the horse will certainly be dangerous. Uh, I was going to mention Domingo, but you already did. I like the works in Brendan Walsh. Uh, the only other horse I was going to touch on uh, was the five. I think that's the only other realistic contender in this race uh, for uh, Florent Giroux uh, from Mark Cassie ran, you know, very solid effort on debut, got to the lead, uh, reasonable pace is working forwardly and then just wasn't able to hold on. But certainly I think, the only thing really interesting about deadpan uh, is the fact that, you know, most of the contenders we kind of touched on, you know, the 11, 12 and eight all want to sit back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like this is the only real contender that wants to go. So if you are looking for a little more value in a horse to, you know, maybe play underneath or could be dangerous to even win. I think deadpan's interesting, certainly from the aspect that most of the contenders are going to want to sit back. So I think that's the only other horse to certainly watch out for. I mean, absolutely. And of course, Mark Cassie is always uh, dangerous second time out. I'm going 8 6 11. Charlie's going 8 11 12. Noah's going 11 8 12. Guys, going to move on to our best bets here. Thank you guys so much for joining in. We've had some really good viewership tonight. Thank you guys so much. And obviously, I know this isn't our normal date or time. So I appreciate everybody 
joining in to watch our show. And of course, the man himself, Richard Avalar, is now here. Thank you guys so much. He's saying the Saints, oh, the Saints are on a free fall, is what he wanted to point out real quick <laughs> to Charlie, the man himself. But um and did Noah's getting love? Noah's getting love from admirers in the chat. This is this is a hell of a night <laughs> now. Am? Now we're going for it. yeah. Whoa. <laughs> You're Mo Caliente. <laughs> yeah, yeah, blush a little bit for the man. The thanks, Page Production. I don't think I've seen your name in here before, so thank you guys. Thank you so much. Just here for to, Noah. To join the show. I I would be here for Noah too. Don't do. I wouldn't be here for me. That's for damn sure. Pause. Um, so, <laughs> Resume. Uh, Matt Miller, the man himself, is here. We'll be on the show sat Sunday night at 7:30 p.m. Eastern for the BCBC show. Uh, thanks so much, Matt, for joining the show, man. Greatly appreciate it. But we're going to move on to our best bets here. Um, Charlie, you're going to go first. Two exact is what you're rocking with today. Race number six, three over one, four. And then race number eight, an exact a nine over one, four. Charlie, go ahead and talk about your best bets. Yeah, so honestly, my angle with both of them was to kind of just put the horse that I feel strongly about winning over one horse that we all kind of touched on as a real contender and then one horse that's more of a price. So obviously, as you've kind of explained before, trying to balance with how much you wager, obviously put maybe a little bit more on the three over the one and the nine over the one in those respective races with the heavier favorites and a little less, but still to get a bunch of value on the long shots. I mean, look, I touched on and so did you about how the ward just shot out of the cannon on debut despite the rail. Uh, was much the best in that race, and second time out for Ward should certainly be dangerous. Uh, and then we talked about the one already, um, certainly being another solid contender uh, with Normandy Hero, and I just think could set a set a nice pace off the uh, rail, but obviously needs the rail to open up. And then I already touched on how I think Glenn Gary's the wild card, but could be dangerous and love the six to one value. Um, and then we already also touched on. I mean, again, I think more than looks if the horse stays in this race is one of the best horses in the world. Um, I know it should really be between nine and one, but I just think the nine's better than everyone else. The one's tier two and the four's tier three. Uh, so playing under talk of the nation, who's an unreal horse, just unfortunately might run into more than looks. And then Smoky Mandate, who, again, I think just like in the other races, the wild card who with another step forward could certainly shock and make an impact and at least finish second by more than looks. Hey, man, nothing I nothing I disagree with there. Good luck with your best bets on Saturday. Noah, um, did you send me anything? No, I... <laughs> Uh, it's freestyle uh, freestyle i'll uh so my first one i'll go with uh race six i think is the first the first leg um whoa what the heck is this it's called um we have nothing to talk about have a nice evening that's that's (laughs) coming to you live from the classroom ladies and gentlemen the boss himself yes what's going on man you want a tour (laughs) giving a tour talking about best bets right now my friend it's learning lab. I got three different screens. Oh, I could use that to put on three races. There you and go. Down. There you go. Exactly. That's how it roll. That's how we roll. They're in. Well, right now it's set up for a test, but usually they're in pods like this. Yeah. Like groups of four. These are newer. Right, classes. So what's, what's the freestyle? Can't let them stall anymore. Nice. <laughs> Matt Miller, Matt Miller's chiming. He says, I've told you repeatedly to get a separate password for this show. So no one interrupts you while we're. <laughs> Wait, what? What happened? Matt Miller said, "I to- Kyle, I've told you repeatedly to get a separate password for this show so that we don't have random people showing up in our conversation when oh, we're talking about best chat. bets. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. We're still, we're still live here, Howard, by the way. We are? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused about what was happening. I didn't. 
realize. Hi, everyone. <laughs> All right. I'm. This is very awkward. I'm going to leave. I'll wait to you guys to end the show. Thanks for the I tour. I do not know. You're fine, Hi, everyone. Let's, the okay. boss himself, we wanted to make I'm it glad I didn't uh, say anything inappropriate. That would have been funny. <laughs> To be honest, it's actually but... hilarious. I don't know why I didn't realize that we weren't live, but hi, everyone. What happened <laughs> to start today, man? It's it, it, with a copper missile, copper. but yes, copper I agree. He's there, just... I, there's, there's a little bit shizzle hatred out there. I don't understand why, to be honest. I don't agree. I don't think it's specific by so any means. I think he rides really good races. It's just a matter of he just wasn't there today, and we'll see if they give him a break or they bring or they bring him back or whatever, but um should be interesting going <laughs> Forward. Richard, we don't know yet is the answer to the question. Yeah, we don't know yeah. if Shards is in or not, but we will know obviously in the next coming days to did, know. But did, did I miss the Charlie hot takes on how bad the Suns are going to be this year or no? No, we're getting there. We're getting there. Oh, you haven't. I boy, am I interrupted? I'm leaving. Yep. <laughs> no. Well, how much long are you guys going? To be honest, five minutes maximum. Right, I'll join you in five minutes. All right, okay. sounds good, Howard. Bye, Thanks. everyone. Any about I got screen. Oh, it's so over. Oh, we're too many episodes. That, that that's that's like a five strike for for the for the boss. Hey, right that was a yeah. normal three. Yeah, that Kyle had no me. strikes today, so we had to have a five striker from the boss. Yeah, for right the there. boss. I, we should have known when you had no issues, and this is the longest Something it's ever been with zero happen. Kyle issues. Something had to go wrong, dude. I know. I was actually going strong, and you know, whatever. It was it's unbelievable. Fine. Anyway, I was jinxed it. All right, go on. Noah, ahead, race number <laughs> six was the your first best bet. Of the day, uh, <laughs> what do you want to go for here? Uh, yeah, after that, uh, interruption. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go, uh, race six. Um, I'll go, uh, double two, two. So, race six, race Ice seven, cold. All right, we love that. And then, what's um, the what did you got? Another, and one? then I don't really want to touch more than looks just because we don't know if he's going to be in the race. Um, so I'll go a win bet on the 11 and the last. Okay, sounds good. Race so 10. with the double and the sixth race, um, just a a horse that I I like. Um, you know, like I said earlier, um, a race that doesn't really have a lot of horses that you know uh, want to pass each other. Um, so I just have a feeling, you know, the two kind of did all the dirty work last time, um, uh, and you know, if the horse can get on the front end, you know, maybe maybe you can just kind of take them. Um, and then double that with the seventh race into Tragar, who's the Cali connections. Of course, I'm going to, you know, make that one of my best bets. Um, uh, just another, a horse that's improving, uh, Pratt gets on and the horses, uh, you know, had a work over the track, which I really like and which Kyle mentioned that he liked too. Um, so I'll do that two, two double. Um, and then going to the last race, uh, which is the, uh, mile on the 16th, I believe on the turf. Um, I was, in between uh, either the eight or the eleven, um, and I'm, I'll go with the eleven uh, just off of the couple things I touched on. Um, the fact that you know you get Tyler Gaffleyone, who's been hotter than a firecracker lately. I think he won at least two or three today. Yep. Uh, and Chad Brown, you know, a horse that's going to naturally progress uh, second off. Uh, you know that that debut effort, and also was you know on the on the worst part of the track there at Kentucky Downs. So. Well. Hey, good luck with your best bets, man. I completely agree with everything. I'm going to go I'm basically agreeing with you in the regard that I'm going to go take a win on the West Coast Invader, the number two, Tragar off the layoff. Valley at five to two. I think you might get every bit of that three to one morning line as well as people will see that layoff. Although 
we all talk, we talk about this all the time. Horses progressing from three-year-olds to four-year-olds to five even, but the three to four-year-old jump first time out for Mark Glatt ships to Keeneland now has a work over the track. I really like Tragar in that spot off the layoff and race number eight. Um, I'm going to take the double if more than looks runs. I think he's immediately the horse to beat and the best, the, he's the best winner possible on the entire card. So I'm going to single him in the double with the number eight law professor who I actually liked on top in that race. And the number 10 trademark, who is the very soft morning light favorite at nine to two, who just ran very well in the Lucas classic, but guys, after the interruption, we were on track for that 70 minutes, but we just went a little bit over. But guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in today for the entire um, for the entire show. We had great viewership the whole time. So thank you guys so much. Greatly appreciate it. And how and Richard Avalar pointed out, Carl Spackler, the man himself, <laughs> thanked more than looks, but more than looks has come back to run very, very well, Richard. And he's definitely one to keep in mind, maybe even going into the Breeders' Cup. And I know one man that popped in here for a few seconds thinks that's thinks that highly of more than looks as well but guys like i said that's going to wrap up episode number 45 of ben and Boozen covering keeneland's closing day and the late pick five at keeneland for my co-hosts charlie freeman and noah maher this has been your host kyle roscoe in episode 45 of ben and Boozen. everybody crush your bets this saturday and take care have a great night